0: And there's the buzzer, there'll be a game seven between the Bucks and the Celtics thanks to a career-defining performance from Jason Tatum. Here in an elimination game on the road, 46 points. And the Celtics tie the series at three games apiece. What a series this has been, and we still have another one to go. So Boston... Wins the fourth road game in six games in this Eastern Conference semifinal. What did you see from um, just the, the level of shot making from Jason,
4: particularly in that fourth quarter when the Bucks were making the run at you guys? Yeah, obviously he hit some big ones, um, but throughout the game he did that and, you know, made the right play as well. So, uh, drew a crowd, got off the ball, didn't play in the crowd a ton, uh, limited our turnovers only to eight. And then got favorable matchups and knocked them down, whether going to the basket or, you know, rising up for a shot. So huge night by him, uh, other guys as well, but definitely needed.
2: All right, welcome in. We are with you until midnight. What a night for the Celtics. After everything they went through, that atrocious loss, horrible loss on Wednesday night. Oh, did they respond tonight? And in particular, Jason Tatum. This is not hyperbolic. This is the best performance I've seen from a Celtic. Okay, now, I did not grow up in the 80s, so I'm not going back to Bird. I'm talking about the recent iteration of Celtics. I'll label it this way. This is the best performance I've seen from a Celtic this century. This century. So I'm not going to compare Jason Tatum with Larry Bird or Bill Russell, etc. But I'm talking about since 2000, since the turn of the century, this is the Best performance I have seen from a Celtic with everything that was at stake. And I know Isaiah Thomas had the 50-point game and all that. This is more important because this is a team that has a legitimate chance to win a championship. Jason Tatum was fine the other night. He was not great. Everybody's mad. He didn't go to the ball at the end of the game and all that. But tonight, with all the pressure on him, He's the guy that needed to perform, right? Everybody was talking about, we need the Tatum game. And I thought that was fair. Now, there's a lot more that Tatum's being asked to do than some of these other guys are being asked to do. I mean, you just go back to last game. He ran as the pick-and-roll ball handler, the most pick-and-rolls he's ever run in his career. Tonight, third quarter, this team has had issues all series long in the third quarter. That's all right. I'll go the whole third quarter. But I go back. The only game that I can think of that... even comes close to matching this, is Paul Pierce against LeBron James. Game seven, what was that? The 18th of May back in 2000, I believe it was the 18th of May. Pierce was outstanding in that game. He had 41 points. But this tonight, you go into the reigning defending champs' house. Remember, they were playing the Celtics in 08. That was a disappointment that that got to seven games. Just like the Atlanta series, that was a disappointment that that got to seven games. This is sort of the expectation that this is going to be a grinded-out battle. Now, the Celtics, obviously, we all know they should have won Game 5. The series should be over. But the point being, Jason Tatum had to have that signature moment. He went into Giannis's house. Giannis, by the way, he had the first 40 and 40-20 game in the postseason since Shaq did it all the way back in 2001, which makes the performance of Jason Tatum that much more impressive when... The guy on the other side, the reigning defending finals MVP, goes for 44 and 20. A guy went for 44 and 20 tonight and he lost because Tatum was that damn good on the other side. 46 points, nine rebounds, four assists. He hit seven threes. The guy was absolutely outstanding and went in that fourth quarter. The Bucs started to make their run. It was when Jason Tatum came back on the floor. Remember that? He made a dog, was like, okay, time to get him back in. Because he went the distance in that third quarter. It was time to get Jason Tatum back in the ballgame. And Jason Tatum, look, Al Horford saved the season. We can go back to that game on Monday night. Horford saved the season. Guy was absolutely tremendous. They had an opportunity to really take control of this series on Wednesday. They blew the opportunity. But you go on the road. This is when you need your star to show up. This is superstar-level stuff. What Tatum did tonight, no way to argue to the contrary. This is superstar-level stuff. There's probably a handful of players in the NBA that if Giannis Antetokounmpo went for 40-20, and they still could have led their team to a victory. Jason Tatum is one of those guys. Not many guys in the league can do this. Go toe-to-toe with Giannis Antetokounmpo, the MVP, two-time MVP, finals MVP, Go toe-to-toe with this guy. Not be phased on the road. Unbelievable atmosphere in there in Milwaukee. And Jason Tatum comes out with the win going into Giannis's house. That was absolutely stunning. Unbelievable performance by Jason Tatum. And look, Tatum got more help than Giannis did. Smart was outstanding in this game. He finishes with 21 points. He was a plus 11. By the way, Tatum was a plus 21. That's why he had to play the whole third quarter. They couldn't stomach taking him off the court because the Bucs went on that little run there to begin the fourth. But Marcus Smart, second highest plus minus in that game, plus 11. He goes for 21 points, five of his nine three-pointers. And then you had Jalen Brown was pretty good, although I don't know what was going on with Jalen Brown. For some reason in this game tonight, now, he did pick it up in that third quarter, but there was a stretch where it felt like he couldn't dribble the ball. He couldn't even hold on to the ball. I mean, that was stunning to watch, but Jalen Brown ends up with 22, so he helps him out. You look at Giannis, he goes for that 44 points, second-leading scorer for Milwaukee, Drew Holiday with 17. So the Celtics had two guys go for north of 20, and when you look at it from a Bucks perspective, they only had... One guy over 20 points. Connaughton was really good off the bench for them, and I've had enough of that guy. I know he's an Arlington native and all that, went to St. I can't do it anymore. Enough of that guy. Okay, that dude hits every big shot it seems like he takes. Enough of him. I've had enough of Pat Connaughton in this series. The guy is an outstanding role player. And then I felt like an underrated performance because you look at his stat line and you're not going to think it was great. Derek White was absolutely outstanding. Nine points off the bench. Two really nice steals. Took a charge on Giannis. Ends up with five rebounds as well, and he ends up with two offensive rebounds. Remember, really a big one late where he extended a possession, and Derek White now in this series is a plus 58 when he's on the court. That leads the entire series. It's a series with Giannis and Jason Tatum. Derek White is a plus 58. The Celtics have outscored the Milwaukee Bucks by 58 points when Derek White is on the court. This guy is a winning player. He's been outstanding For the Celtics in this series. So, the role players around Jason Tatum. And not to say that Jalen Brown's a role player. But the guys around Tatum were much better than the guys around Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I actually give Tatum some credit for this because of the fact, yeah, he took 32 shots. But he got his guys involved. Four assists in this game. Ime Adoka did a really good job. I felt like an underrated portion of this game is when Jason Tatum was going off. And they could not stop him whatsoever. So, he had Tatum out of a timeout. ATO, as they call it, right? After timeout play. He had Tatum set up on the block. And then they ran Jalen Brown across the other side. He ran off a screen. And because Tatum was so hot, Wes Matthews is actually looking back at Tatum. When he had switched, Drew Holiday's on Tatum. So Jalen Brown just darts up, runs off another screen, gets a wide open three. Because Ime Adoka knew all the attention was going to be on Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown hits a wide open three. But I just am very impressed with the response from the Celtics team. And I felt they would win tonight. Because that's who they've been all season long. They respond ever since they turned it around. They respond to adversity. This is a very tough team. Just think about what happened on Monday night. They responded in that fourth quarter, right? That's what they do. This team is very tough. They respond to adversity. So I felt like they would win tonight. But it's just another thing to see how it went down. I mean, that was an incredible game. I was really at one point thinking, I really wish I was not emotionally invested in this game. Because it was such an unbelievable duel. And I'm not, I, I don't dislike Giannis. I know that's been a narrative here on the state. I don't dislike Giannis at all. The guy stands for everything that's right about the sport. The guy goes super hard. The only time he comes out of the game is when he's completely out of breath. I mean, the guy's an incredible player. No drama off the court. Nothing like that. So I don't dislike Giannis or anything along those lines. So you had Jason Tatum and Giannis just going toe-to-toe, especially in the second half of this game. I just thought it was incredible theater. I just wish I wasn't invested at the time because obviously I was getting nervous because I don't want the Celtics to lose this game. But man, this is one of the best duels I have witnessed. Now I can't go back and remember the bird versus Dominique game seven. I can't remember that. I'm too young for that. I, the one I compare it to is Pierce and LeBron James. And I, for my money, this is a more important game. Look, and I understand if the Celtics don't win game seven, obviously they can't go on and win the championship, but didn't really feel like, I would say the past 48 hours or so, after we kind of dissected everything that happened in that ugly, ugly Game 5 loss, that it was really over, I would say, the past day or so, everything was sort of pointing at Tatum. Hey, this is the game that Tatum needs to step up. Al had his game. Jalen Brown had his game in Game 2. Remember, Jalen had that outstanding first quarter. This was about Tatum. This was about your superstar showing up. This is about your guy that was six in the MVP... Going up against a guy right now that has the crown as the best player in the world. And Jason Tatum outplayed Giannis Antetokounmpo in his house. 46 points for Jason Tatum. Gives this team an opportunity to play on Sunday, which, oh my, I'm already nervous thinking about Sunday. This is going to be absolutely incredible. This is going to be an absolute dogfight. I wouldn't be surprised if both teams ended up under 100 points in this game. Because this is just going to be a battle And it's going to feel like every play is important. Sort of like tonight's game in a lot of ways. But I feel like Sunday, it's going to be every play. We're dissecting. We're going through it. We're looking at the officials. I just, I can't wait. I don't know how I'm going to make it till Sunday. I want this game to get going right now. I'm so fired up. I want to see this game right now. We're going to have to wait until Sunday. At least you get the Bruins tomorrow. Like, at least you can do that. But, man, holy crap, was that an outstanding game tonight. Unbelievable. Unbelievable performance by Tatum. I can't believe it. And it's really, like, rewarding as a fan of the team in this aspect, right? So I'm not old enough to remember, like, Brady coming up. I remember Brady winning the Super Bowls, the early ones, oh one, one right? But I was sort of in my embryonic stages, if you will, as a sports fan. Only 12 years old when Brady's winning his first Super Bowl, right? So I don't have the knowledge of the NFL that I have now. And this is the same thing with, like, Paul Pierce with the Celtics. But with Tatum, like, I saw him come into the league. I saw Danny Ainge decide with the Sixers. Hey, you know what? We're moving back. And you're going to take the Fultz kid? Uh, The guy that eventually will forget how to shoot? Yeah, you take that kid. The guy that I want at number one, I know I can get at number three because Magic Johnson is also an idiot, and he's going to take Lonzo Ball. So I'm going to get the best player on the draft at three. So you saw him grow up and you saw that first series in the playoffs, not the first series, the Eastern Conference Finals against LeBron. He dunks on LeBron. And then you kind of see him go through this maturation process where he gets to the right before the pandemic. He has this outstanding stretch when he goes out to L.A. And he outplays Kawhi Leonard and he outplays LeBron James. and That's kind of like, all right, here he comes. And then he goes to the Orlando bubble. And he was really good in the bubble, best player on a team that made it to the conference finals. But he got blocked by Bam Adebayo, and we all know what happened last year. This team, I don't want to say they underachieved. It was just the the Kemba Walker situation was not going to work out because the guy had an awful knee. So the team wasn't nearly as good last year. And you had all this drama with, was Brad Stevens going to stay? He moves up to the front office. Then this year, the way it kind of transpired at the beginning of the year we had all these narratives. Now I always fought these narratives. I also thought they—I've always thought they were stupid. Like, oh, can Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum play together? Well, all the numbers would dictate that this—these two guys are on the floor together. All the numbers tell you they're really good together. But nobody wanted to, or everybody wanted to put that narrative out there because the Celtics weren't playing well. Should you trade one of the guys? Who can you get for one of these guys? Remember this whole thing. And then, after the game against the Blazers, Ime Adoka says. Jason Tatum had an awful shooting night. Ime Odoka says, hey, what are you doing when your shot's not falling? Said that publicly after the game. Ever since that point, Jason Tatum's playmaking has taken a step forward, and we've seen him make a leap to finishing sixth in the MVP this year. And it feels like now he's at the peak of his powers, right? He's leading the dance. He's running the show offensively. I mean, just think about this. This guy's running the offense for this team I get that by definition Marcus smart is the point guard but everything in this offense goes through Jason Tatum Jason Tatum came into this league he was a play finisher a play finisher that took a lot of bad shots and just look at the maturity of Jason Tatum over the past couple of years or so so that's what's so awesome about this seeing this guy come in that oh by the way like just look at his body compensation from what he came composition if you will when he came into the league that dude was tiny he was skinny as hell now he's like jacked up. He's dunking on people, so that is a rewarding thing as well. But it's all going to be like, I know I'm singing the praises of this team right now, and there's some other things I want to get into. One thing that they really were hurt by last game, and they completely turned that around tonight. I'll get to that in just a little bit here. But I think tonight, the main takeaway is Tatum. That was just an incredible performance in Milwaukee outplaying Giannis Antetokounmpo. I know, look, you can debate it. Giannis had 44-20. and 20. The guy was outstanding. But the point being is you went toe-to-toe with the guy right now that wears the crown as the best player in the league, and now you get to go back to your home building and play against Giannis. And this is another – I apologize. I was wrong about this. I was—I wanted the Celtics to take the easier road in the first round. I was wrong about this because now that Game 7 is at TD Garden. You went through Durant. You went through Kyrie, and now you have a chance to knock off the Greek freak, and you get to do it at home because at the end of the season, Ime Adoka said, no, that's, that's not what we do. We don't tank games. We win. And they end up winning the final game of the season against Memphis, and because of that, they play at home on Sunday. I cannot wait. All right, so if you want to react to Jason Tatum tonight and the Celtics in general, you certainly can. 617 779 is the number. I'm saying this century. This century, this is the best game from a Celtic. Better than anything Paul Pierce did. Better than anything Kevin Garnett did. And look, Garnett was great, all-time leader and all that. I'm not saying that Jason Tatum's a better player than Kevin Garnett. My point is, this is the most important. This is the most pivotal. This is the best performance I've seen from a Celtic this century. I'm not comparing him to Larry Bird in the 80s or Bill Russell. I'm talking about since the turn of the century, this is the best performance from a Celtic considering what was on the other side, the stakes that were involved, the loss you were coming off. This was the most important. This was the best performance I've seen from a Celtic this century. Let's get to John in a car. What's up, John?
3: You know, he, I mean, he's, he's now statistically with Sam Jones. So, I mean, I, I, you can drop all that hyperbole of like this century, and whatever. Also, uh, I heard tonight that, uh, the last time that they won a game six on the road of like game of round two and beyond was actually the, the bird uh Dominique uh series. So I guess that makes the natural connection to that as well. Oh Susana wait, so John, the they were
2: now. down they were down three two in that series against Atlanta?
3: Yeah, and they won and they you. won in Atlanta game six. So I mean, the, all the comparisons and all the the stuff you're making, and you're you're slightly hesitating to say, yeah. I mean, no, you should go for it because that was a ridiculous performance tonight. Yeah,
2: John. The reason I say it like it, that is I just say the, of what I've seen. So, like, I've seen yeah. all the this century, and I, I want to compare it to the things I've actually seen, rather than you know sounding slightly disingenuous comparing it to something I didn't see. But I feel like this is better than the Pierce performance, quite frankly.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I'm, unbelievable. There was like little little thing. The uh he had that Smart found him underneath the hoop and he uh had that fall away one one foot jumper in the third. Unbelievable. That that run in the third and the fourth was ridiculous. I think the the biggest takeaway for me, other than Tatum tonight, was the Celtics' ability to find the hot man. You you mentioned it at the end of the, the half, that run by Derek White really like cool. turned the game, like changed the game around. And you, you know, Smart had his moments in the beginning. That set kind of set the tone of how things were going, along with Tatum, and, and certainly Brown had, had had his moments during the game. I mean, those those three, and even in White in his short moment there, definitely set the tone offensively.
2: Yeah, and I think another thing, too, Derek White made some outstanding passes in this game. And he just makes, like, all these winning plays. Like, how how about the offensive—how about the steal he got on Giannis where Giannis gets the rebound underneath his own basket and White just comes around and taps it? I mean, this guy's all over the place. I feel like what happened, John, with him is he had two bad bad shooting games, I should say, against Brooklyn early on in that series. And everybody sort of lost faith in Derek White. This guy, he just—whenever he's on the court, the offense runs better. And the defense is better. Every time the guy's on the court, the guy's making winning plays. He's been tremendous. And I think about this, John, for a second here. If Danny Ainge was here, and Danny Ainge did a great job. He drafted Jalen. He drafted Tatum. He drafted Marcus Smart, right? He originally signed Al Horford. But think about what he did in terms of after Danny Ainge leaves, Brad gives up the first-round pick with Kemba's contract to take back Al Horford, who the Celtics aren't here right now without Al. And – Do you think at the trading deadline Danny Ainge would have given up a first for Derek White? I say hell no.
3: Right. You know what he gets that bad rap of he always wants to win the trade. Yeah. But it's like he always needs the best option available, where Derek White was just like, we just uh, I hate to say he's just a guy, but he's just a role guy that knows how to play that role, you know? And he doesn't I feel like Danny overlooked those types of guys. Later in his uh, in his career, this has been fun. I, I'm I'm right with you. Like I'm glad it's at 3:30 on Sunday
2: and not like a late game. Like I'm gonna be up early. Like like okay, ready, ready to rock. Like <laughs> I know, I can't yeah. wait. Like I'm getting antsy just thinking about it. Like this is gonna be a knockout drag out fight. Like I remember the last one for me. Like Cleveland, obviously that was big, but I didn't think like even if the Celtics won that game against LeBron, they weren't winning the championship, right? So. Even though I was pumped up for that game, I think the last time I've been this pumped up for a Game 7 would be against the Lakers, which they ultimately lost. That, the Ron Artest game. I mean, I, I don't think I've been that fire, this fired up for a Game 7 yeah. since then with the Celtics.
3: Yep. I would wholeheartedly agree with you. Good stuff, John. Man. Right on, Brian. All Great right, work. Man.
2: Appreciate the call. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. I can't wait. I mean, this is going to be freaking outstanding. Like, I don't want to be bothered. I just want to be sitting in front of the TV watching this game. Like, trying to get me to move that day from the couch is going to be trying to, like, pry a cat off linen. I ain't moving. I mean, I cannot wait. And I do feel like, well, maybe I will move a little. Maybe I'll be pacing. This is going to, I mean, it is going to be tough. I'm telling you that. Like, all the swings in the game with everything on the line, the season on the line for both teams. Oh, I can't wait. Let's get to David in Florida. Hey, David. Brian, um, you're so excited. I'm, uh, How can you not be, David? Your... I
5: mean, this is only the second
3: round, too. God forbid. I mean, you got to save. we still got a few more rounds to go, right?
2: Yeah, but, David, don't you think this is the best team? I don't. You
5: know, I mean, let,
2: let, let's look at.
5: You're playing the tonight, best player, David.
2: This is the best player. You would agree that Giannis is the best player in the NBA? I,
3: I, I don't even. He, he didn't impress me much.
2: Uh, he can't shoot the ball beyond beyond, beyond, beyond <laughs> David, the uh, elbow. David, David, hold on. He had forty-four and twenty tonight. He had fifty mm-hmm. in the NBA Finals mm-hmm. last year in a closeout game.
3: Good for him. He's good, good he doesn't impress him. you. Okay. There are no great player No, he doesn't impress me much. Uh, I, I, I mean, but let's look at the, again early in the early in this series. David, that's one of your dumbest takes. Was...
2: David, hold on. That's one of the dumbest what? takes you've ever had. Giannis doesn't impress what? you. <laughs> no, this is no. a two-time MVP and a finals MVP. He doesn't impress David. The MVP, you know, they have to pick somebody, right?
5: So they might as well pick him. I mean, they have to Yeah, pick you know somebody, why, David? Because he
2: had 50 against the Suns. 50 so, points. The team that won 64. So, la- hey, David, the team that won 64 games last, this year. Giannis beat those guys yeah. in the finals, and he had fifty. And you're telling me this guy's not wait, impressive? Wait, wait, Come wait, on, that's a bad take.
3: Day. Just you acknowledge know, wait, you have a bad take today. No, no it's not a bad take. Brian. It's a horrible take. It's not a bad take because it's not. Every time you score, somebody gave you the ball. Okay, just remember that too. And and like baseballs, small mean? ball. <laughs> what what does it mean? It's encouraging team play. Every time you score, somebody gave you the ball. Yeah, he also it's had six, six success, assists, Giannis. Yeah. Okay, Brian. You know the Celtics. They, they we we talked about earlier in the series how they take too many threes. Now, granted, today they won, good for them. But still, fifty percent of their offense was from behind the three point line.
5: Yeah. All it is is you know the fifty percent of their offense was from behind the three point line. All right, David. I'm, I don't,
2: David. I'm not doing this tonight. I appreciate. I'm not doing it tonight. I mean, I'm not going to have the conversation about is it good to take threes or not to have threes. Okay, I'm not getting into the conversation about is this what they really wanted when they created the game. I mean, come on. But it is worth mentioning this as it pertains to threes. Celtics in wins, they are 51 from or from, they are 51 of 123 from three. That's 41.5 percent. Celtics in losses from threes, 37 of 114. That is 32.5%. So, so I mean, I know this sounds like you you don't want to rely on this, but when you go into Sunday, it's going to be whether or not this team can knock down its threes. In their wins, they're shooting 41.5% from threes. In their losses, they're shooting 32.5%. I mean, that's what it is. This Celtics team, when they win, they hit their threes. There's no way around it. Another thing I wanted to mention about tonight, what was great to see is the Celtics were utterly embarrassed on the boards in Game 5. We all know the 20 offensive rebounds, but more importantly, or the 17, I should say, more importantly, this is the number you need to look at. The Bucks in Game 5 had a 41.8% offensive rebounding rate. That means they grabbed 41.8% of their misses. Think about how crazy that is. In the fourth quarter alone, they had seven offensive rebounds. Their offensive rebounding rate was over 58%. They missed 12 shots. They got seven of them back, right? That is just unacceptable. To put that into context, the Grizzlies this year are first in the NBA, 33.8%. So they were way worse about 7% worse than more than 7% worse than the worst offense the, than the the bucks i should say were 7% better than the best offensive rebounding team in the nba in game 5 tonight the bucks grabbed just 24.5% of their offensive rebounds 24.5% compared to 41.8% now that 24.5% the 76ers were last in the league at 24.6 so in Game 5, the Bucks were 7% better than the best offensive rebounding team in the NBA this season. Tonight, from an offensive rebounding perspective, they were worse than the 30th ranked team in offensive rebounding rate. A complete change around, a complete 180. Let's get to Paul in Westfield. Hey, Paul.
5: Good evening, Brian. Allow me to make up for that jabroni jambalaya from David in Florida. Brian, I'm not going out on a limb to state the following facts. We're witnessing the birth and the slow maturation of what looks like a super team. It's remember when it was Parrish, Bird, Michael and Ainge. We got Tatum tonight who joined Havla Chicken, Bird with three 30-plus point games in the playoffs. He's already the new number one for threes, and he's tied Bird for 50-plus point games. He took out the best player in the league tonight, and he looks better than the best player in the league. And this is the funnier part. The way Derek White did what he did, Average Al is way above average and won us a game the other day. Williams was dropping threes and playing defense, and Time Lord isn't even playing. And we've got the other Williams. This looks like a super team in development and growth.
2: Well, but I we mean, lay, come walk- on. I mean, let's let's relax a little bit, Paul. We got they got to win on Sunday. Come on.
5: Right, but what we saw tonight, beating them up at home and dominating the whole game, the way they're able to and there's two separate teams when they're healthy and together, they look awesome. And what they did tonight isn't just a quick overlook. They did it in Milwaukee against the world champions and pretty much beat them by 10 points and controlled the whole game. I'm saying the elements are there. This is going to be a beautiful rivalry. It's back to the good old days when it was us versus LA with bird and magic and, and, and Kareem and that rivalry. This is going to be a super rivalry. Take our hat off to Milwaukee. They played their butt off tonight. In the first quarter, they had the second most points ever in a quarter, and we had the second most threes ever in the first quarter. Uh, Marcus Smart was four for four. I mean, this team with the elements and all these players and then Derek White coming off the bench, this is awesome. Don't underestimate and don't under-enjoy it. Enjoy it and appreciate it because it's real. What we're witnessing isn't just a fluke. I think we're winning game seven. I think we're watching the finals right now. I think Miami's the ooh, third best
2: ooh. team in the league. Oh, all right. I like that take, Paul. So you think this is basically this series, Celtics Bucks? Whoever wins wins the championship.
5: Name a better team in the league than? Oh us two no, right I now. don't think
2: it's a bad take. I, I, I I'm with you. I'm with you. I agree with you on that, Paul. I appreciate the call tonight. His lines open at nine, seven ninety three seven. I believe either one of these teams is going to beat Miami because Milwaukee will get Middleton back. Phoenix is having its issues with Dallas and Golden State having its issues with Memphis. I mean, they're in a tie game right now in the third quarter. They don't have John Moran. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So, if you do want to join us, what did you make of Tatum's performance? Do you agree this is the best performance from a Celtic this century? That's on the table at 617-779-7937. Also on the table, will they win Sunday? Brian Barrett with you on EI.
3: What does it say for your team in general to respond the way y'all did two nights after
0: such a crushing loss to come back on the road the way you were able
4: to? Yeah, I mean, we had the right resolve. We talked about it after that game, uh, let our opportunity slip away, but, you know, still have a chance to make it a better story, I guess. And so, you know, we felt good going into it because we played so well for three and a half quarters. Um you know, didn't, everybody's, like I said, pissed before the game. I said everybody's pissed about the outcome, but um, we knew how well we played throughout the series and let some things slip away, but never any doubt or, you know, hangover from that game. We put it to bed the next day and look forward to getting it back to the garden.
2: All right, that was Ime Adoka after the game tonight, and he is uniquely equipped to deal with this type of thing because, remember, and look, they ended up losing, but... He was part of that San Antonio Spurs staff, if you remember back to, what was it, the second championship for LeBron, so that would have been 2013. Take you back to game six of that series. The Spurs on their way to a win and a finals win. They're getting the champagne ready in the locker room, and then Ray Allen hits the three. And the Miami Heat end up beating them in game seven as well. They went to overtime in game six. So Ime Adok was part of the Spurs coaching staff for that. He had to live through that. I'm sure he doesn't want to live through this type of situation again because what we saw in Game Five, ultimate choke job, no way around it. Ultimate choke job, 14 point lead in the fourth. That was the ultimate choke job, and the team responded in a major way tonight. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. The number. Let's get to Ryan and Weymouth. What's up, Ryan?
1: Well, hey, thank you for uh, putting me on. I know times clutch. Um, very, very excited. Uh, I have to give the Southers credit. I didn't think they were going to win tonight so I was wrong. That's good. Boston, good job, but you know what you were saying about, you remember about the performances? The only yeah, thing yeah. I can even correlate uh, to this, it reminds me of, well, it was uh, in the championship, yeah, when they faced Cleveland, the course of course, LeBron James at that time, I still would say he was the best player in the world at the time. Giannis is definitely the best player in the world. Paul Pierce was able to out because the team won. I think LeBron had more points, but... The Celtics still yeah, won that game. I hope it's kind of like that. It is the pieces that they have will be able to outduel and take down Milwaukee. But Milwaukee has championship. They've already won the championship. Yeah, and Ryan, I tonight. think They're it. So I, that's what I'm thinking.
2: Yeah, right. I think it is very Thank similar you. to that Pierce Lebron game because LeBron was kind of that supernova machine that you had to stop right I mean at that point LeBron was really at his athletic peak if you will he was unstoppable when he went to the basket now Giannis is obviously bigger and stronger but same type of thing where it's just an incredible force and then you have the other guy on the other side like Pearson Tatum the unbelievably skilled player so I do think it's a very good comparison between the two guys and that's why I just felt Tatum's was more important because if they lose this game you're talking about an ultimate choke job in Game 5. You were Everybody was asking their best player to step up tonight in Jason Tatum to have his signature game. He needed to have this performance.
1: 100% correct. And uh, Tatum has to change that. The Celtics need to change that narrative. So let's, let's see what yeah. happens. We're all excited. Yeah. Let's go, Boston. Thank you very much.
2: Good stuff, Ryan. Yeah, they got to finish it off. Bottom line, they've got to finish the job on Sunday or, <laughs> unfortunately, this performance from... Jason Tatum will just be a footnote. We won't really remember this performance from Jason Tatum. We will. We'll go back and say, "Oh yeah, game sick." Yeah, they lost the series, right? It's sort of like—I mean, it's not an apples-to-apples comparison, but if you remember back to the twenty-eight-to-three Patriots Super Bowl win over the Atlanta Falcons, Julio Jones makes still to this day one of the greatest catches I've ever seen but nobody's ever going to talk about that catch. Remember That's not
0: even like an understatement
2: either. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I mean, nobody will ever talk about it because of the fact that the Patriots won the game. Matt Ryan took a dumbass sack after that, and the Patriots won the game. So nobody talks about that. If the Celtics don't win this game seven, we will remember the Tatum performance. just like I remember the Julio Jones catch, but we won't talk about it, right? If the Celtics go on and they beat the Bucs, we will always talk about Jason Tatum, Game 6, in Milwaukee, toe-to-toe, shot-for-shot. Shot. I don't even know, can I say shot-for-shot? Shot-for-dunk with Giannis. That's how it is, right? Because Giannis doesn't shoot. Giannis just gets downhill and goes to the basket. Al Horford saved the season earlier in on Monday. Jason Tatum did it tonight. I mean, that was just an absolute clinic. And if you look at what Jason Tatum did in the fourth quarter of this game, when they needed their closer, right? They needed somebody to close this game out. Tatum in the fourth went for 16 points. He did it on five of seven shooting. Uh, If you want to do the math on that, that's 71.4%. He was two of three from three-point territory. That's 66.7%. So his effective field goal percentage, because effective field goal percentage accounts for threes being worth more than twos, his effective field goal percentage was 85.7%. That's how efficient Jason Tatum was in that fourth quarter, man. We've seen him get on these rolls before. He did it a bunch of times this season, but to see him do it in this type of game with all the pressure on him because he would have taken the most blame for the Celtics not advancing out of this series. If they lost tonight, it would have been Jason Tatum that got the most blame because he's the guy that had to get it done tonight. Your role players play better at home. Your stars have to shine on the road. And you go into an atmosphere like that, and you go toe-to-toe with Giannis Antetokounmpo, and you could argue outplay him. Definitely outplayed him in the fourth quarter. No way around that. Unbelievable performance. Man, I still can't believe that game. I don't know. I'm going to sleep tonight. All right, thanks to Ethan for producing. I'll be back on tomorrow with Curtis at 9 a.m. until 1 p.m., then back with you for Red Sox pregame. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well.